you know, I've been thinking, let me ask y'all something. How much do you really love God? Because the Bible says that there's no greater love than to lay your life down for a friend. Would you consider God your friend? Obviously, I know Jesus, he's your, you know, savior. He's your comforter. He's your provider. He's all of that stuff, right? His name is mighty. He's the king of kings. He's all of that stuff, right? But is Jesus your friend? Because if you consider Jesus to be your friend, the Bible says there is no greater love than to lay your life down for a friend. Now, I'm not saying that you got to sacrifice yourself physically for Jesus. But would you be willing to sacrifice your career, for example? Because your views didn't align with the views of the company. Would you be willing to sacrifice your relationship because your view didn't align with your partner? Would you be willing to sacrifice your idea of what you envisioned your ideal future was in order to follow Jesus. Now, I know that's kind of dramatic. I just want y'all to think about that as we go into this story. So Chris uh, Broussard, he used to be a ESPN reporter. This is like years ago. He used to be an ESPN reporter. Now, this clip that I'm going to show you, um, this is from about nine years ago, but I'm going to tie it all together. Because what you're about to see right now is severely lacking throughout the body of Christ. The ability to stand up boldly and say the truth, no matter what it costs you, on national television. And I'm going to show you that right now. But Chris uh, Broussard used to work for ESPN. Then he moved to, to Fox. He covers the NBA. Now he has his own show, I believe, or he might still be with Fox, but he does have his own podcast. Um, and they talk about all types of sports. So if you're into sports, then you probably know who Chris uh, Broussard is. If not, um, you'll get to know him uh, very quickly. But before we get into that, support our work, become a member on patreon.com. The link is down below in, in the description. Help us be independent. Help us not rely on these platforms, but help us be 100% funded by the people who watch and enjoy the content and the people who, you know, believe in the mission of the ministry. So the link is down below in the description if you want to support. But anyway, let's get into this video. Christian, I don't agree with homosexuality. I think it's a sin, as I think all sex. One point to make. <laughs> Um, the audio is sped up, all right? So that's why they're talking faster because it's sped up. Also, this is as loud as I can make it. I'll try to increase this in, in, in post-production, but this is as loud as I can make it, all right? I'm a Christian. I don't agree with homosexuality. I think it's a sin, as I think all sex outside of marriage between a man and a woman is, and LZ knows that. He and I have played on basketball teams together for several years. We've gone out, had lunch together. We've had good conversations, good laughs together. He knows where I stand, and I know where he stands. I don't, you know, criticize him. He doesn't criticize me and call me a bigot, call me ignorant, call me intolerant. And now I, I hear, and talking to some people around the league, there are a lot of Christians in the NBA. 
and they don't want to be, just because they disagree with that lifestyle, they don't want to be viewed and called bigoted and intolerant and things like that. And that's what LZ was getting at. Uh, just like I may tolerate someone whose lifestyle I disagree with, he can tolerate me, my beliefs and he disagrees with my beliefs and my lifestyle, but true tolerance and acceptance is being able to handle that in, with, as mature adults and not criticize each other and call each other names. Personally, I, I don't believe that you can live an openly homosexual lifestyle or an openly pre, like premarital sex between heterosexuals. If you're openly living that type of lifestyle, then the Bible says you know them by their fruits. It says that, you know, that's a sin. And if you're openly living in unrepentant sin, whatever it may be, not just homosexuality, adultery, fornication, premarital sex between heterosexuals, whatever it may be, I believe that's walking in open rebellion to God and to Jesus Christ. So I would not characterize that person as a Christian because I don't think the Bible would characterize him as a Christian. Mm. So that clip was taken, I believe it was nine years ago. Um, this clip is a little bit more recent. And this is a clip of when Chris uh, Broussard, he went on The Breakfast Club in order to address all of the allegations that were claiming that he is homophobic and that is claiming that he, you know, hates people who are living that lifestyle or, you know, whatever they want to define it as. And right off the jump, you're going to notice something. <laughs> um, the people on The Breakfast Club, now, for those of you who don't know what The Breakfast Club is, uh, it's a morning show. It's one of the biggest morning shows when it comes to um, like hip hop and and now really it's just all pop culture. Um, but they're one of the biggest morning shows on the radio right now. And take a listen to how this exchange went. Once again, it's sped up. Um, and I'm going to try to make sure the audio sounds good for y'all. All right. So let's hop into it. Power 1051 is the Breakfast Club. Good morning. Now, yesterday, Charlemagne gave this man donkey of the day. Yes, this Bay's brother on the phone, Chris Broussard. Chris Broussard, good morning from ESPN, of course. All right, so just donkey of the day. For y'all who don't know, donkey of the day is like, that's like you did something so outrageous that you deserve to be publicly shamed for the entire day. And they give they gave Chris, uh, Chris, <laughs> They gave Chris Bruchard, yo, try to say that three times fast. They gave him donkey of the day for his beliefs when it comes to um, uh, gay people, I guess. What's happening, y'all? How you doing? Now, first question, Chris, do you not like homosexuals? <laughs> I, I'm fine with homosexuals. I, I, I have no problem with homosexuals. Um, obviously, as I stated on ESPN, I'm a Christian, uh, but I come across all types of people who are living lifestyles that I may not agree with, not just homosexuals, and I can get along with, you know, people, uh, come across people like that on an everyday basis, obviously covering the NBA. Um, I come across various lifestyles. So You sound like the, white, you sound like the white guy. You know the white guy that says, I'm not racist, I got black friends? That's what you just sounded like. Hey, whatever it sounds like, it's the truth, you know, and, and I actually, as was on the show, uh, L.V. Granderson, he's openly homosexual, openly gay. We have been friends for years. We played ball together, had lunch together, had discussions together about his lifestyle, about my faith. 
and disagree, but disagree respectfully. So, nah, man, I don't have I don't have any problem with homosexuals. Well, as I said during Donkey Today, and as we talked about last night on the phone, Chris, what makes you so perfect? Because I like I told you that we're we're human beings living a spiritual existence. Like it's impossible for us not to get dirty walking through this thing called life. Bro, that's Charlemagne the God. So yeah, Charlemagne. First off, his name is Charlemagne the God. Like that's just a red flag right there. But this is just such a new age way of thinking. It's just such a, what did he say? Possible for us not to get dirty walking through this thing. I told you that we're, we're human beings living a spiritual existence. Like it's we're human beings living a spiritual existence. Look, that's such a new age. What is, <laughs> all right, listen. A lot of people like to say, what makes you so perfect? That's a misconception. That's, that's such a big misconception. No, Christians, if you actually sit down with a Christian, we know that we're not perfect. You know how we know we're not perfect is because we have an example of what perfect is. And when we compare ourselves to that example of Jesus Christ and how he lived as a human, because I think y'all forget, Jesus lived as a human. He walked as a human. He experienced everything that we experienced. Every form of temptation he experienced and he overcame it. When we look at that example of being perfect, you think... There's no way that we would ever think that we're perfect. But let's continue. Impossible for us not to get dirty walking through this thing called life. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm never claimed to be perfect. That's actually why I called you last night and rapped with you. Um, I think you mis misinterpreted what I was saying. I definitely don't want to come off as that I'm perfect. I'm just striving to be Christ-like. That's all I'm saying. And uh, I think that's the mark of a Christian, that we strive to be Christ-like. All of us fall and stumble, and I have fallen and stumbled many times since I've been a Christian, but I always, you know, repent and ask God for his forgiveness. And, you know, I move on from there. I think that's the mark of a Christian. And I think if a person that stumbling and falling while you're trying to live for the Lord is different than going out and hunting for sin. You know, I'm going out and getting into it tonight. I'm going to be mad if I don't get into any sin. So you know, I'm trying to make you accept my sin. Like, I don't care what God said. I'm just living like this. That's different than a person who's sincerely striving to live the right way and stumbles, legitimately falls, get back up, get on your path, you're forgiven, and let's keep trying. What exactly does the, Chris, um, what exactly does the Bible say about homosexuality? One second before he gets into that, because he gets very specific and he, and he, he breaks it down perfectly. But like he was saying, if you're stumbling and following and, and falling into sin, if you're stumbling into sin, I, I read a verse previously. Um, let me pull it up real quick, actually. Hold on. Let me pull this verse up real quick, because I read this uh, in my last video that I made. But it's about practicing self-control. Practicing self-control. And I think it's in 1 Peter. Here it is. Exercising self-control. 1 Peter 1.13. So if you watched my recent video, then you, you just heard this breakdown of this verse. But 1 Peter 1.13, it says, So prepare your minds for action and exercise self-control. Like Chris said, we're not perfect. Christians, we know we're not perfect because we have an example of what perfect is. But there's a difference between looking for sin, willfully diving headfirst into sin, and stumbling and falling into sin, and asking for forgiveness, and trying to make sure that your heart posture is aligned in the in the right position 
trying to make sure that you are exercising self-control. It's going to take practice. You have to exercise self-control. You have to practice because naturally this flesh is sinful. This flesh just wants to do wicked things. This flesh just wants to please itself. You have to exercise that self-control. You have to build that up. It's no different than working out. You got to build that up. You have to build up that muscle of self-control. But guess what? If you truly have your faith in Jesus, he will give you the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit will help you throughout this process. But your heart has to be in the right place. Your heart has to be in the right place. So like he said, you can stumble and fall into sin, but what's the difference is your heart posture. Is your heart in, in, a, in a position that truly is desiring God or is your heart just in a place where you're looking to just glorify your flesh, but you're just saying that you are, are trying to, you know, glorify God. But listen to what he says right now. Uh, Angela Yee, the reporter, she says, what does the Bible say about homosexuality? Listen to what he says. It says it's a sin. First Corinthians chapter six, verse nine says fornicators, homosexuals, robbers, thieves, adulterers uh, will not inherit the kingdom of God. And it goes right off the rip. He ain't even hesitate. He said, it says it's a sin. A lot of us, somebody will say, what does the Bible say about uh, uh, homosexuality? We'll be like, uh, 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 let me hold up. Let me pull up my, my app. Uh, no, 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 no. You know what the Bible says. Even if you don't know the exact verse where it is, you know that the Bible says that it's a sin. So don't just say that. Just say that. That's why I was saying, are you, are you, are you willing to sacrifice possibly you know, a career? Are you willing to sacrifice the, the life that you envisioned for yourself in order to lay your life down for Jesus? But let's continue. We're going to list a few other things. Romans chapter one says it's unnatural. Um, obviously the Old Testament talks about it being uh, wrong. Uh, so, but people, you know, like to say, well, it says that in the Old Testament, Leviticus, but not in the New, but now the New Testament, Romans and First Corinthians chapter six and a few other scriptures clearly condemn uh, homosexuality, along with all forms of sexual immorality, which is basically, as the Bible defines it, sex outside of marriage between a man and a woman. Well, Chris, uh, Deuteronomy 14, it condemns the eating of pork, but I bet you love bacon. Bruh. But I bet you love bacon. Come on, bro. I love when people uh, say that. You can tell when somebody doesn't really read the Bible, because it's like, bro, you would know off the rip, that is so irrelevant to the conversation that we're having right now. It's so irrelevant to the conversation we have right now. But listen, this is why I want to see y'all to watch this video because Chris uh, Broussard, unlike myself, he, he handled this perfectly. He didn't get emotional. He didn't get offended. He just backed up, he backed up his points with Bible. And the Breakfast Club, they had no response to it. Because everything that he was saying was rooted in the Bible, was rooted in truth. I sure do, man. I sure <laughs> do. But, you know, the Old Testament dietary laws don't apply in the New Covenant. Uh, Acts chapter 10, Peter, you know, talks about that the, the, as the Lord revealed it to Peter. So all of the Old Testament laws, there's 613 laws in the Old Testament that they had to follow under the Old Covenant. We're under grace. We don't have to follow all of those 613 laws to have peace with God. But the moral covenant, because it's outlined in the New Covenant, the New Testament, as I said, 1 Corinthians 6, Ephesians, uh, Romans, 
Galatians chapter 5 talk about the new covenant still following the moral code of the Old Testament. So the moral laws of the Old Testament that we were taught uh, in the, still apply, but not, you know, eating shrimp and wearing blended cloth and fabric and things like that. So what about those that say, okay, uh, I was born gay, so how can you say that I'm a born sinner? Like, I, you know, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not asking to be sinful. I, I'm, I'm born this way. This is naturally who I am. That's true. Well, I mean, first of all, my personal belief is that you, you aren't born that way. I think the scientific studies, you have those on both sides. It's really inconclusive. But regardless, we're all born in sin. I mean, I was born attracted to women. I'm still attracted to women. I'm married 17 years, never cheated on my wife. But, man, I've been tempted. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and, I mean, I cover the NBA. I'm seeing beautiful women all the time. I've had actors who sold me a little rhythm, but I got to resist. I got to fight against temptation. And that's the life of a Christian, that you, you fight against the temptation. And if you stumble and fall, then you get back up, you repent, you ask God for forgiveness, and you move on. And I think that applies to homosexuals as well. If, if a person who's a same-sex attractive, you know, is sincerely trying to live for the Lord, and they fall, and they fall in the same-sex relationship or act, and they, they're really trying to serve the Lord, and they repent, and they ask for forgiveness, and they keep trying to serve God, and they fall time and time again consistently. I believe that person is a Christian. But that's why I said yesterday it's about unrepentant sin. There's a difference. Am I repenting, or am I just saying, yo, this is how I am, God, and I don't care what you say, I don't care what your words say, I'm not even asking for forgiveness. Well, like, how are you going to be forgiven if you ain't even asking for it? But like I said to you last night, it's like, yo, I can go to church on Sunday, I can pray for forgiveness every time I lay down with a different girl, but what if I keep doing that over and over and over? Does that make me a bad person? Well, the question is your heart. I mean, and you, and you know that. Are you really trying not to fornicate, not to sleep with that girl over and over again? Because God, the Bible says God is not mocked. God ain't no punk. Mm. You ain't no punk. I ain't no punk. None of y'all punk. If, if I come to you and I say, yo, man, I want to be in covenant with you. I want to be your boy. We cool. But behind your back, I'm going out time and time again and dissing you and dogging you on purpose. But when I see you in your face, I'm like, yo, man, you know, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, man. But I don't really mean it. Then you ain't going to go for that once you find out the truth because you ain't no punk. You ain't mocked. And it's the same thing with God. We created in his image. So if we ain't punks and don't fall for that, then he certainly ain't going to go for mm. that. But if I'm your boy and I sincerely messed up, I just happen to do something wrong against you, and you know I'm really sorry, and I'm like, yo, man, my bad. I ain't going to do it no more, dog. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. <clears throat> then you'll forgive me in, mo in many cases, and it's the same with God. Well, Chris, right. God knows my heart, but he also knows my penis. And he created all of this vagina, and it's kind of hard to resist all Oh, my all goodness gracious. Hold on. Can't believe this man just said that right now. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I don't let me just look, I apologize. I apologize. This vagina, just like it's kind of hard to resist all these different fruits. He ain't telling me just to eat apples. He's like, I can have apples, oranges, cantaloupes, watermelons, grapes. I mean, you, yo, you, you ain't no different than me. You ain't no different than people in the Bible. You ain't no different than millions of other cats mm -hmm. out here who's trying to live for the Lord and are living for the Lord and not going after all these women. The Bible says the body is not created for sexual immorality. It's created for the Lord. Mm -hmm. The Bible also said the flesh is weak. Our bodies, our bodies weren't created yeah. for that. Oh, so we actually abusing our bodies when we walk like that. That's why, it's, I mean, let's be honest. Sex is dangerous outside of God's context of marriage. Now you, you got to have faith sex. I ain't got to worry about faith sex. Faith, faith sex is with my wife. You know, but you, you got to put on condoms and strap on and worry about this and worry about <laughs> Charlamagne that. Charlamagne ain't doing that. that. Charlamagne ain't doing that. I, hope, I pray that you don't, you don't catch some disease or something because it is dangerous. We all know that. I'm wearing you condoms. Know? Don't listen to Envy. Oh, my God. Uh, yeah, okay. So, <laughs> Envy, so, so, Chris, what's the moral of the story? What's the, last, what's the thing you really want to convey to the people today? I just want to convey to the people, man, that, you know, like 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 I said, you, you start off this interview by saying, why am I perfect? I'm not claiming to be perfect, man. 
I'm just claiming to be a man that loves the Lord and is trying my best to live for Christ. All and right. I believe that's the mark of a Christian. Mm. And anyone trying to do that is, is a sincere Christian. Amen. I got right. love for y'all, man. Thank you, Chris. Thanks for having me on the show. Love the conversation. Is, right, your, job, is your job in jeopardy, Chris? Mm. Not that I know of. Okay. <laughs> all right. Well, we have a good morning. Oh, my right? gosh. Is your job in jeopardy, Chris? <laughs> Why he say that for? Look, like I said, there's a reason why I wanted y'all to watch this video. He handled that situation way better than I would have handled it. Um, he didn't get emotional. He didn't get overly wrapped up in what they were trying to do in terms of trying to egg him on and, and trying to use scriptures out of context in order to try to make him seem like he's something that he's not. He simply went back to the Bible and spoke the truth that was said in the Bible. That's why we got to be sharpening our sword. We got to be studying the Bible. We have to be reading intentfully. Something that I realized recently is that, you know, I like to listen to the Bible a lot. I'll put headphones in and I'll just listen to the Bible. But I think that lacks intent. When you're actually sitting down and reading the Bible, for me, if I read the Bible out loud, I feel like it's so much more intentful. It's so much more powerful. And it's helped my study time immensely. And we have to be intentful about studying the Bible and sharpening our swords so that when we come in contact with people like this, when we have these conversations and people start throwing scripture at us out of context, we can click, we can quickly identify what is real, what is fake. What is a real objection? What is a fake objection? Like Charlemagne was trying to use the, the point that in the Old Testament, it says that we can't eat, eat pork. But he was saying, I bet you love to eat bacon, don't you? We can understand that that's completely out of context, that that doesn't apply to the situation right now. Because of the new covenant, we can understand that. But if you're somebody who's not sharpening your sword, somebody who's not in your Bible like that, you might struggle with that. And that might have been the end of the conversation right there. And they might have just, you know, completely unvalidated any credibility that you had when it came to that conversation. But I think it's very critical that we understand, number one, what the Bible says about these topics. And look, you don't necessarily have to like everything that the Bible says. You have to be obedient. You have to trust God. You have to have faith. There might be some of you, you might have family members who are who are in this lifestyle, who are in that community, you know, who are same-sex attracted. You might have family members and you, you might not want to confront them. You might not want to share your opinion with your coworkers and stuff like that. But like I said, you don't always have to like what the Bible says, but you do have to have faith. And if you have faith in God, then you know that if it says it in the Bible, if it says that it's a sin, it's for a reason. It's not for no reason. Sin is destructive. Sin causes harm. You know, we look at uh, a sin like murder, for example. We can clearly see what the sin of murder and how destructive it is. We can clearly see how that te tears apart families. We can clearly see how if you were to take somebody else's life, not only are you taking that person away from their family, but you're also 
removing yourself from your family because now you're going to prison for the rest of your life. We can clearly see that that destruction, but the sin when it comes to same-sex attraction, it's it's less easy to identify the destruction. Therefore, the world will tell you that it's okay, that it's not a sin. But we know that the covenant of marriage between a man and a woman, that's a holy and sacred covenant that is meant for a man and a woman. The act of being, you know, God created Adam. He said, it's not good for man to be alone. So he created Eve. He didn't create Evan. He created Eve. If that were the way that God intended things to be, then it would be clearly lined out in the Bible. But the Bible says that, that it's a sin, so it's a sin. So don't be afraid to have those tough conversations. Um, I think the key is to handle it like Chris Broussard handled it, and that is to be calm, to not be rooted in your own understanding, but be rooted in what the Bible says about it, all right? So let me know what you think. Like this video. Uh, comment, subscribe. I'm out.